Our scripture reading is Mark 9 to 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. As you may know, we are tying our Lenten study this year to the poems of Mary Oliver. So hear this poem entitled Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over again, announcing your place in the family of things. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. In one of the churches that I served many years ago, actually my very first full-time pastoral appointment, um, we were doing some worship planning and one of our volunteers said, ugh, I hate worm season. I said, what's worm season? I thought I had missed a crucial part of living in this particular community and there was something to do with worms. You know, Lent, when we all have to remember that we're nothing and worth nothing and should squirm around on our bellies in front of God saying how worthless we are. Worm season. I said, who told you you're worthless? 
And she said, well, it's pretty much all I heard growing up at fill-in-the-blank church. I'll, I'll let you fill the blank in. All I heard growing up was that I was sinful and disgusting and guilty. And I said, yikes, that sounds pretty terrible. You know that in the United Methodist Church, we do not teach that. And I don't believe that at all. She was like, yeah, well, that's why I go to this church. But I still hate worm season. She would shudder every time we had a unison prayer of confession. She often skipped Lenten services altogether, saying that they were too dark. She said that she would come back at Easter when church was happy again. So maybe we should talk about church trauma. That might be a, another sermon. Ash Wednesday and Lent, the season of the 40 days, not including Sundays, that lead up to Easter, have not always been a part of the traditional Methodist church. It was actually as recently as 1992 when liturgy for Lent or a service of ashes was even put into our Methodist book of worship. And finding that out solved a little mystery for me because I didn't grow up with Ash Wednesday. I certainly didn't grow up with Lent. I remember encountering those things for the first time while I was in college, and I went to an Episcopal church with a friend. Of course, in the United Methodist Church that I grew up in, we had had Palm Sunday and we had had Easter, but the whole preparation for any of that totally skipped. Years later, well, no, years before, anyway. Sorry, getting my timeline a little mixed up. When I was on staff at the First United Methodist Church in Loveland before I became a pastor in the late 90s, and I was a candidate for ministry, Ash Wednesday was the very first service that I was asked to preach. And for many years, that was my service. I got to plan it. I got to preach it. I got to lead our congregation into Lent every year. But I always struggled with understanding what it was all about. I remember seeing friends in college give up something for Lent, like chocolate or Dr. Pepper. That's a big thing in the South. I tried those things too. Or as an adult and with my family, we've given up fast food or eating out during Lent. That doesn't go over well with teenage boys. And it is a sign of great sacrifice for me because you all know that I do not cook. Now, in more recent years, I found some value in adding something to my spiritual journey, kind of like what Matt was talking about a few minutes ago, maybe adding in a different kind of devotional practice or a meditation. This year, I'm going to be reading poetry every day. And apparently, some churches focus on the sinful nature of your soul and try over these 40 days to exercise your demons. So that's another approach if you want to try it that way. But what is this 40 days all about? 
Definitely, I think that we understand the biblical framework of Jesus going into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted, and then coming back to begin his earthly ministry. Now, the Gospels of Matthew and Luke give us a little bit more to the story. They give us this picture of the tempter and these three very specific temptations, these challenges that the tempter offers to Jesus. But Mark gives us the Reader's Digest version, just these two verses. And the Spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. And in Mark, that's it. That's all we get. Now, the Gospel of John excludes this story altogether. And we know, we've heard, in fact, I think this was Miss Sherry's children's time last week, that the number 40 is pretty important in the Bible. When Noah built the ark, it rained 40 days and 40 nights. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Several of the prophets fasted and prayed for 40 days before a big event or revelation. So here we have the story of Jesus going straight from his baptism where God is telling him, you are my beloved, out into the wilderness alone, not alone with the tempter. What we do understand from these stories in Matthew, Mark, and Luke is that the temptation doesn't work. Jesus knew who he was and who he had been created to be. And he was not going to let things that didn't matter get in the way. So I think by now, I am in my eighth year of ministry here at Wash Park. You probably know that I love a good framework or a good metaphor. In Lent's past, We've considered being on a journey with Jesus or a part of an impossible mission. We've wandered in the wilderness with the ancient people. We've danced our way through Lent. We've considered how to be hands-on during Lent. All of these ways of trying to connect our lives with the biblical story. This year is going to be just a little bit different as we look at the poetry of Lent with the poet Mary Oliver. And if you haven't seen this book or have this book, Devotions by Mary Oliver, I encourage you to get it and perhaps with me read a different poem every day of this season. Reverend Jamie Lee and I are also sending out weekly devotions over email that will have links to whatever poem is highlighted for the day. So you should be getting one sometime today about wild geese. Lastly, I do have some hard copies of the devotion if you want to pick that up there at the usher stations. The, the introduction to the devotional booklet that we're sharing that we obtained from the SALT project says that the word Lent comes from the old English word for lengthen and refers to the lengthening of those long anticipated days of spring. And with both the cross and the empty tomb approaching, the church prepares itself with 40 days of fasting and reflection, all for the sake of more fully celebrating Easter's song of spring when it comes. 
And so, if Lent is about lengthening and light, it's also about broadening our hearts and preparing the way, making room for careful attention to what matters most. Now, Mary Oliver's poetry is often about nature or observation or seeing what is around us, and her poetry this season will give us a different lens with which to view Lent. In her poem, Sometimes, Oliver writes, Instructions for living a life. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. So this Lenten season, Reverend Jamie Lee and the leaders of the church invite you to pay attention. To find moments of connection with the creation and the creator. And when we find ourselves in the wilderness to set aside all that tempts us away from who we really are, to find who we've truly been created to be. Because Mary Oliver reminds us that you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. So maybe it is worm season. Inasmuch as we notice the worms and how they benefit the soil. Or maybe it's geese season, as we see them in the sky, heading home without a map or a compass other than the one in their hearts. Or maybe, even though cliche, it's caterpillar season, with a dark, quiet place to be transformed into the glory of who God has made us. Maybe Lent is wondrous and beautiful and messy and wild. So let's pay attention, let's be astonished, and let's tell about it together. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.